0: Welcome back to Indaba Africa. This is Chris once again. Hey folks, welcome back to Chris White Africa here on the Indaba Broadcasting Network. It's time for Indaba African News of the Day today, Saturday, June 5th, 2021. Let's see... Wuhan, November, 2019, December, 2019. That's two months, 2019. It arrived around the rest of the world in January, 12 months of 2020, January, February, March, April, May, five, seven, 19 months, 19 months of this pandemic hysteria. Ladies and gentlemen, 5th of June today, let's get straight to the headlines and in-depth news and analysis. South Africans continue, high net worth, South Africans continue to move to Mauritius in large numbers. South African doctors are threatening to emigrate out of South Africa. Over 38% of South African doctors in a survey of a doctor's association said they would emigrate owing to the National Health Insurance Scheme. Scam, scheme, not sure which it is. United Airlines initiates its flight direct from JFK to Johannesburg to Oratambo. Great news for those hoping to travel to South Africa. Just hope that you can get yourself a PCR test within 72 hours. <laughs> Otherwise, you won't be flying. University of Botswana Chancellor Lino Moholo has passed away at the age of 69. Former Mauritian and six-time 6, six time Prime Minister Anurud Junoth has passed away at the age of 91. And Nigeria fires back at Twitter, banning the platform in Nigeria. <laughs> Whoa, shots fired in West Africa, folks. Nigeria, in response to Twitter's suspension of President Mohamed Buhari, has fired back by banning the social media platform in Nigeria. Imagine if the Trumpster had tried that. More than 100 people have been killed in Solhan village in the northern part of Burkina Faso. SpaceX has launched Mauritius' first ever satellite into space today. The World Bank is giving Mozambique 115 million US dollars for its vaccination programs. And a member of parliament, is booted out in Tanzania over her trousers. More to follow on that story. The G7 countries have met and colluded on an agreement for state theft, agreeing to no less than 15% of fleecing corporations out of their income in an effort to globalize governance in the world. Bastille Day will be celebrated this year with 5,000 participants and as many as 25,000 spectators lining the streets of the fair city of Paris. Al Jazeera reminds us that it's been one year, June 5th, since Setefatso uh, Pule was brutally murdered in Haltang Province last year, just north of Pretoria, hung from a tree, eight months pregnant. It's been a year, folks, a year since her life was brutally taking, taken away. And Vermont's purported Republican governor, Phil Scott, is working on giving people who are not citizens the right to vote in our country. I think you're confused. This is not the United Kingdom. LinkedIn has blocked US users from China. Sent out messages to a number of users, including media outlets like Epic Times, telling them that their content is blocked in China and they're cooperating with the Chinese Communist Party. Say what? True story. And California sees the effects of the People's Republic of Misery as eight point eight billion in earned income from wage earners has left the state. Eight point eight. Nearly nine billion dollars worth of earnings are gone. And today is Constitution Day for Denmark. Denmark celebrates 220 years of, or the U.S. and Denmark celebrate 220 years of cordial diplomatic relations with the Kingdom of Denmark. Ladies and gentlemen, those are the headlines. Let's get to the in-depth news analysis, and then we'll spend a little more time talking about topics after the news today, since it's a Saturday. High net worth individuals in South Africa continue to move to Mauritius in large numbers, and the prices are not dissuading them from going. Not dissuading them at all. Mercius continues to track South African international residential property buyers switch shores, according to Pam Golding Property Group, one of the largest real estate agents in South Africa and in the region. With sales of RAN five hundred million already concluded at the Mont Choisy La Reserve. It's the third most it's in the third phase, the most sought after estate. Yep. It's about to start their next phase in June 2021. Sales continue at pace having been steady over the past 18 months. Even with the borders closed, this location is well known and the estate offers an exceptional lifestyle and very competitive pricing for the offering and position of the estate. The remaining units are priced at 430,000 euros for a two-bedroom apartment, 643,000 euros for a three-bedroom. You can buy a villa for as little as 1.1 million euros, so as much as nearly 3 million euros. These people are insane. That's a lot of money. There is a large contingent of South Africans currently living on this estate, the property group said. Well, Mauritius seems to remain a safe destination for those who are looking to escape the misery, murder, mayhem, pervasive corruption that is South Africa. More disturbing news for South Africa, as many doctors have indicated that they will leave the country rather than work in South Africa under the National Health Insurance Scheme, the NHI. This is one of those state grabs of the private sector that's still on the table, but not getting much attention as expropriation without compensation and also the effort to ban unintended consequences. If you unintentionally harm someone's feelings for the snowflakes, you could be committing a crime in South Africa. These are idiotic bills that currently sit before the parliament. Doctors threaten to leave. The South African Medical Association has warned that thousands of doctors will leave the country ahead of the planned introduction of the national health insurance. The not-for-profit group, which represents the interest of more than 12,000 medical doctors in South Africa, said its members cannot support NHI in its current form. Deep-rooted lack of confidence in the capacity of government's financial ability to ensure the success of the service. The survey said as many as 38% of its members plan to emigrate. That would be well over 4,000 doctors, ladies and gentlemen. 6% of members said they plan to emigrate for other reasons, while 17% said they were unsure about leaving the country. That potentially makes all nearly 60% of doctors contemplating leaving the country. Other points doctors raise, there's no doubt the national government is capable of running the system. Oh, there is doubt. Yeah, I was going to say there is doubt. The national health insurance will not address the failings of infrastructure management of the public sector. It's extremely open to corruption. The minister of health has too much power and it's not affordable. All true statements, all designed to destroy the country of South Africa and drag it down into the misery of the 14th century. This is the ANC's plan, apparently. Either that or they're just so incompetent that they can't even see the trees in the forest in front of them. On to some good news here, folks. If you're Americans or South Africans, you wish to travel to and from South Africa, we once again have direct flights. United Airlines has initiated the flight that it promised to do last year from JFK in New York to OR Tambo in Johannesburg. First flight took off last night. That's right. United Airlines returned to South Africa. with its direct service from New York to Joburg, UA... L-188, oh, from Newark, not, excuse me, I said JFK, it's Newark, from Newark to Johannesburg, departed last night at 2230 and is set to land at 1800 South Africa time, which would have been 15 minutes ago, folks. The flight should have landed 15 minutes ago. The inaugural flight, operated by a Boeing seven eight seven nine 9 Dreamliner, oh, that's a lovely aircraft, offers Polaris business class and premium cabins and will be a daily service. You can now fly from Newark, which is about two and a half hours from here, to Joburg. With a gap in the market left by the struggling, inept, corrupt, patronage scumbag operation called South African Airways, United Airlines has returned to South Africa with its Newark to Joburg route. Waiting for the flight to or Tambo will be tourism minister Gubane and uh, Fikile Mabula, <laughs> the transport minister, will be there, welcoming United Airlines to South Africa. Uh, what I, I caution you about there, look at the big splash there, Fikele Mabula. Uh, what I, I caution there, United Airlines, you, you must consider now divesting 30 percent of your stock, your common stock. So for those of us who are shareholders, I guess if our pigmentation is insufficient, uh, we'll have to be forced to have our assets confiscated and sold to people or given to people based on their skin pigmentation. Beware, United Airlines, that is South Africa. Ask Starlink. Ask Grand Parade and its Burger King Holdings. You can't do business in South Africa unless you're corrupt and you give things away to people on a racist basis. Well, welcome back to South African Airlines. It's good news for travelers to South Africa. United, fly to friendly skies. Speaking of broad-based black economic idiocy and um, what it takes to succeed in South Africa, how about you have an idea? You invest your own time and money. You put your blood, sweat, and toil into it. You don't deal with the government. That way you don't have to do this bee horse manure. And you can become a wild success. Not born into money, not a member of the Oppenheimer family. Nope. 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 Just people with drive, ambition, entrepreneurship, and you can make money. Now a $4 billion a year revenue group. What are we talking about? We buy cars. Lots of South Africans heard of we buy cars. Brilliant operation won by the Fundevalts. We Buy Cars is a tremendous success story. Started in 2001 by two brothers, Fan and Dirk van der Dirk van der Veld is now a household name and generates billions in revenue. Buying, fixing, selling cars are the brother's blood. They started doing it as a hobby while in school in put uh, Fan and his wife went to the UK to teach, and armed with some savings on the return, he partnered with his brother to expand the business. Over so the next 16 years, the company was self funded with negligible operational debt despite its rapid expansion. But uh, a few years ago, digitization caused challenges, so they sold 40% to fledge capital to raise more money to automate the company. But this is not a BEE operation. This is no government intrusion. This is the free market at work. This is not white monopoly capital. This is capital that did not exist until we buy cars, two entrepreneurial brothers, came up with a concept and went with it, marketed made it happen, and it made the lives of Thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of South Africans, immeasurably better. This is what the free market does. Not this corrupt, inept, vile, disgusting state theft that you put in the hands of the likes of Julius Malema, Cyril Ramaphosa, Jacob Zuma, zwilem Kizi, Ace Magashule. No, no, that's genuine commerce. Sad news for folks in Botswana where the chancellor of the University of Botswana, UB, has passed away at the age of 69. UB confirmed the passing away yesterday of its chancellor, former Bank of Botswana governor, Ms. Lina Moholo, 69 years of age. She was UB's first woman executive head following the footsteps of previous chancellors, including Sir Saretse Kama, or Sir, Siretse, Sir, Sir Kis, correction, Sir Ketumile Masire and Dr. Festus Mohai, as well as the current head of state, Mokwetse Masisi. She rose in national prominence as the first female governor of the Bank of Botswana after serving as the country's central bank with distinction for many years. She had a stint at Radio Botswana, and then the 24-year-old joined the Bank of Botswana in 1976, the year they introduced the Pula, the national currency. Another passing in Southern Africa with the death of six-time Prime Minister of Mauritius, who's passed away at the age of 91. Prime Minister for the first of six terms in 1982, uh, Anurud Junoth, also served two terms in the ceremony president present during his 35-year career. Former Mauritius PM Anurud Junoth has passed away at 91. It's so with deep sadness and great regret that we announced the death of Sir Anarud Jugno on the 3rd of June as a result of illness President Rupun announced this week. Funerals held yesterday. Two days of mourning have been declared. The nation's flag lowered half-mast on all public buildings. In West Africa, President Buhari sent a warning to rebels and lawbreakers that they would pay a price. Twitter pulled his tweet and suspended it for 12 hours. Abuja has banned Twitter. <laughs> CNN and multiple news outlets report that Twitter has been banned in Nigeria. That's right, folks. Imagine if Trump had this kind of power. Nigeria bans Twitter after a company deletes President Buhari's tweet. The Nigerian government said it has indefinitely suspended Twitter's operations in the country, the Ministry of Information and Culture announced in a statement on Friday. The federal government has suspended indefinitely the operations of the micro-blogging and social networking service Twitter in Nigeria. Shots fired, folks. Shots fired. Statement, which was posted in the ministry's official Twitter handle. <laughs> Ironic they did it on Twitter. Accused the American social media company of allowing its platform to be used for activities that are capable of undermining Nigeria's corporate existence. Well, there you go. I would have to agree with Nigeria on this one. Some point out the irony of announcing the ban on Twitter, as I just did, with one person replying, you're using Twitter to suspend Twitter. Are you not mad? No, they're just being ironic. <laughs> Suspension comes two days after Twitter deleted a tweet by President Buhari. It was widely perceived as offensive. In that tweet, the Nigerian leader threatened to deal with the people in the country southeast who so he blames for recurring attacks on public infrastructure. Tweet was deleted Wednesday after many Nigerians flagged it to Twitter and the platform said it violates policy on abusive behavior. Information Minister Lai Mohammed criticized Twitter's action and accused the social media giant of double standards. Agreed 100%. 100%. Access to the free and open Internet is an essential human right in modern society. We will work to restore access to all Nigeria who rely on Twitter to communicate and connect with the world. This is from. Twitter. (laughs) From the early hours of today, Twitter's site was inaccessible for many Nigerians. It was a swift implementation of the government ban, which took effect just hours after the policy was announced. More than 39 million Nigerians have a Twitter account. Well, there you go. Imagine if Donald Trump had that kind of authority, Twitter would not exist. Facebook would not exist. YouTube probably wouldn't exist. Or they would behave themselves. Well, I am a proponent of free speech, and I don't think that the right action is to stop people, but Twitter is unaccountable. And if they're not gonna be accountable in their actions, they think they're above the law. The same with Google, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all of these different tech titans. They seem un- they think they're unaccountable. They're living under a shield of protection from Section 230 of the 1996 Telecommunications Act, which has allowed them to get away with all kinds of abuse of users. People who don't violate rules, who don't violate norms, censored, deplatformed, canceled by these organizations. It's about time that someone stood up to them. While I disagree with Nigeria's approach, because I believe in free speech, uh, these platforms are not allowing free speech. So how do you fight about a lack of free speech? Well, you take the platform down, I suppose, in Nigeria. More to follow on this story, folks, as Nigeria bans Twitter. Astonishing. Sad news in Burkina Faso, where over 100 people at least have been killed in violence that took place there. Gunmen killed at least 100 people in the northern Burkina Faso village, the government said Saturday in the country's deadliest attack in years. It took place Friday evening in Solhan village in the Sahel's Yahaga province, Government spokesman Tambura said in a statement blaming jihadists. The local market and several homes were also burned down the area toward the border of Niger. President Mark Christian Kabore called the attack barbaric. This is the deadliest attack recorded in Burkina Faso since West African country was overrun by jihadists linked to al-Qaeda and the Islamic State about five years ago. It is clear that militant groups have shifted up gears to aggravate the situation in Burkina Faso and move their efforts to areas outside the immediate reach of the French-led counterterrorism coalition, fighting them in the tri-state border region. Despite the presence of more than 5,000 troops in the Sahel, French troops in the Sahel, jihadist violence is increasing. One week in April, more than 50 people were killed in Burkina Faso, including two Spanish journalists and an Irish conservationist. More than one million people in the country have been internally displaced. A local who did not want to be named fearing for his safety was visiting relatives in a medical clinic in Town, approximately 12 kilometers where the attacks occurred. He said he saw many wounded people enter the clinic. This horrific violence in the Sahel needs to stop and it has nothing to do with the West, it has nothing to do with colonialism, It's nothing to do with any of that. This is the inability of governments to exercise their sovereignty over their space or provide adequate governance for the population. Combination of those factors, as well as lack of resources, is the reason why the Sahel is a fire. Better news for Mauritius: Mauritius, courtesy of SpaceX, has launched its first ever space satellite. Mauritius launches first satellite. The first Mauritian satellite was successfully launched aboard a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. Mauritius Imaging Radio Telecommunication Satellite One was built by a team of researchers Mauritius Research and Innovation Council under the auspices of the Ministry of Information, Technology, Communication, and Innovation. The local amateur radio society also supported in collaboration with experts. Primary objective is to acquire satellite technology through the design process, design review, assembly, integration, and testing. How many satellites has South Africa launched of late under the African National Congress? just curious, little tiny Mauritius, where South Africans are fleeing to because they have actual governance and public safety and rule of law and functioning bank systems, launching satellites. And the South African Space Agency, what are your satellites? The World Bank has injected $115 million into Mozambique, additional relief under the pandemic. World Bank approved today $100 million grant from the International Development Association and a $15 million grant from the Global Financing Facility in support of Mozambique's efforts to expand its pandemic vaccination campaign. They'll be used to acquire, manage, and deploy vaccines and strengthen the national health system preparedness and capabilities. Ah, so it won't be just for vaccines. It's also to fix their broken medical care system. Of course, of course, of course. Strange situation in Tanzania, ladies and gentlemen, where a member of parliament was tossed out for wearing trousers. <gasps> Apparently they were too provocative for the members of parliament. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up female MP in Tanzania have, have, been call, have been calling for an apology to an MP who was ordered to leave Parliament because of her trousers. A male MP said the way some women dress invite ridicule to Parliament. Really? That invites ridicule? It's very conservative and uh, lovely and appropriate, I would say. Mr. Speaker, an example there is my sister seated on my right with a yellow shirt. Look at the trousers she has worn. Mr. Speaker, Hussein Amar said in Parliament on Tuesday. Speaker then ordered the MP, Condester Sishwale, to leave. Go dress up well, then join us back later, said the speaker, Job Ndugai. He added that this is not the first complaint he received about female members of Parliament Tire, and told chamber leads to deny entry to anyone who's inappropriately dressed. That is not inappropriately dressed. To these draconian patriarchal fossils in the Tanzanian Parliament, I say resign forthwith. You don't represent the people of Tanzania. I've been to Tanzania multiple times. No one ever had an issue with the way someone's dressed in business settings. She's dressed appropriately. Foot sec, you fossils. Wow. Unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen. Meanwhile, the group of seven powerful, rich, wealthy nations around the world have colluded to set a global tax rate for corporations with a minimum rate of 15%, which, by the way, exceeds Canada's minimum rate. So Canada, who foolishly is part of this agreement, will now be raising its tax rates, (laughs) making it less competitive. But they somehow think if they level it off, no, it's not going to work. This is globalism, this is global government, and it is not appropriate. We live in a Westphalian system of states that was implemented at the Peace of Westphalia in 1648, 17, 18, 19, 2048, nearly 400 years, this system has served the world with sovereign states. This is an intrusion into the sovereignty a la the European Union of independent states and should be prevented altogether. Le Monde reports that Bastille Day will go forward in France this year. Canceled last year, 5,000 participants and as many as 25,000 spectators will take place. And the annual event takes place on the 14th of July along the Champs-Élysées. This is a past one from 2019, the last one they had. Massive parade each 14th of July celebrating France's end of its monarchy and and the creation of a republic, of course. It reverted after that, but that's another story. But Bastille Day is remarked is is, is celebrated each year, but not in 2020. It will be celebrated in 2021 with a smaller crowd, according to LaMolle. And Al Jazeera reminds us of the brutal, horrific gender-based violence in South Africa takes place, including last year, Sitsafatso Pule, who was murdered eight months pregnant when she was hung from a tree last year. And there's a story about her. I'll put this link in the stream afterwards so that you folks know about it. There you go. Johannesburg. The winter sun dipped below the horizon on a cold Wednesday last June. Hundreds of women, men, and children gathered somberly in the streets of Meadowlands and Soweto. Dressed in black, clutching pink balloons and flickering candles, the crowds, some hand in hand, many with tears in their eyes, made their way to the home of Sitsifatso Pule, the words of an old anti apartheid song sung echoing the air. Why are they singing anti apartheid songs for the murder of a black woman by a black man? Five days earlier on June 5th, a group of residents from Durban Deep in Rotaport, a residential area seven kilometers from Meadowland, stumbled upon a spine-chilling site, the lifeless body of a heavily pregnant woman, blood dripping from her torso to her toes, hanging in a tree in broad daylight. The brutal, horrific murder of an eight-month pregnant woman and her child because someone didn't want to pay for that child or let their spouse know about it. Still unraveling in South Africa. In Vermont, switching to news here in the United States, in Vermont, the governor, Phil Scott, purported the Republican, is calling to allow non-citizens to vote. This must stop immediately. I don't know what the recall process is in Vermont, but the citizens of Vermont ought to find a recall or an impeachment process for this clown and for any other idiot in this country that seeks to give the vote to people who are not citizens. This is ridiculous. The United Kingdom allows this. And look what's happened. It's evenly split. It's not evenly split. Actual Brits don't vote for the nonsense the left wants. Only immigrants who receive massive welfare payouts and are allowed to enter the country and live there at will and do what they want, forming little cliques and no-go zones all over the country. They vote. And they shouldn't have the right to vote. This is abysmal. Phil Scott. This guy. Unbelievable. Indicating on Tuesday he wants the state lawmakers to pass legislation that gives voting rights to all legal residents statewide in local elections. No. No, made the comments in his official letters vetoing two bills which proposed to allow non-citizen residents Montpierre and Winoski to vote in local elections. No, none of them should vote. It's an important policy discussion that deserves further consideration and debate. No, it doesn't. I understand these charter changes are well-intentioned, but I asked the legislators, legislature to revisit the issue of non-citizen voting in a more comprehensive manner and develop a statewide policy or uniform template and process for those municipalities wishing to grant the right of voting in local elections to all legal residents. No, this, 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 this one world government horse manure is ridiculous. Why should we be subject to the desires of someone who comes here from a broken country and brings their idiotic culture and governance standards there, here, and expects us to live by their standards? When we've achieved success, they haven't. Replicating failure is not a recipe for success. According to Epic Times, LinkedIn is blocking China critics on the eve of the Tiananmen anniversary, according to Epic Times staff. Censoring some China critics, including staff members at Epic Times, by wiping out their presence in China. On the morning of June 3rd, a number of people within the Epic Times network, including some staff members based in the US, Sweden, and Turkey, received notifications alerting them to the decision. The message, titled Official Message from LinkedIn Member Safety and Recovery, began by thanking the users for using their LinkedIn profile to represent themselves professionally. We want to make you aware that due to legal requirements impacting accessibility within China of some publishing organizations, your profile and your activity, such as items you share with your network, are not visible to those accessing LinkedIn from within China at this time, it stated. It added that the profile and activity remain visible throughout the rest of the world where LinkedIn is available. Ah, so LinkedIn is bowing to the Chinese censors. California is discovering the impact of their useless government and governance in which they they deny voting, they deny rights, they deny the comforts of life to Californians, to the benefit of illegal immigrants, and to those laws that they pass, which steal from Californians, taking their tax dollars and delivering services to people. It's unwarranted. Also, the ridiculous pronouns. If you if you if you are a, a employee in a hospital, you can be criminally punished because you don't know that someone. Um, can't speak modern standard English and calls themselves they or them, there these, days, And so that's an offense. People are leaving the state in droves. $8.8 billion in gross income has fled to other states. California, with its relatively large tax burden compared to other states, has seen a taxpayer exodus in recent years and along with it, billions in taxable gross income. State-to-state migration data recently released by the Internal Revenue Service shows that California lost an estimated net 70,534 households, or 165,000 taxpayers, and their dependents in the years from 2017, 2018. That's before we even got to the more recent stuff. 8.8 billion in net adjusted income went with them. This is what happens when leftists rule. Now, when you let them rule one state, you can survive. But when they take over country, which is happening right now with the mentoring cadavers regime, you have a serious problem. Or with the ANC in South Africa, this is what happens. And the country just falls apart. People need to wake up. Denmark's Constitution Day is June 5th and on behalf of the government of the United States, uh, our Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, Tony Blinken, sends congratulations to the people of Denmark as they celebrate their signing of the Danish constitution. The U.S. and Denmark have enjoyed 20 years of unbroken diplomatic relations focused on democratic values mutual commitments to peace. Well, that's not entirely true. Democratic values weren't part of our commitment with Denmark when it was entirely a kingdom 220 years ago. But we get your point. Congratulations to Denmark and to my Danish ancestors who decided to invade eastern England and colonized East Anglia and the offspring that you left behind and my mere existence. So thank you to my Viking ancestors from Denmark. I salute you. Folks, those are the news and headlines from today, the 5th of June, 2021. Thanks for tuning in to Indaba African News the Day.